Welcome to 2XXFM 98.3 on the dial. We're a community radio streaming online and on demand on 2XXFM.org.au. Now, welcome to Confab with Michael G. Where are you now when darkness seems to end? to welcome Nina to the studio at Seclo 105.5. Now, Nina, here's the head of St. Mark's Meals, and over to you, Nina. Who who are we listening to, and uh, what inspires you from that track? Hello. Um, That is a track called Look Up Child by a singer called Lauren Daigle. And the reason I chose that track was because I think when when we met, uh, you asked me, why I'd got into this kind of work and I remembered being about 11 and watching Comic Relief and watching I can't remember which celebrity but some celebrity in a slum in Africa um, telling the story of a family that lived there and I remember very distinctly some feeling going on inside me and I I remember deciding I'm gonna do something about that with my life I'm gonna do something about poverty I now, as a person with a Christian faith, understand that to be a calling from God. Um, so when I hear that song, it's not always easy work, but, I, um, but I'm often encouraged to look up and to be reminded of why um, I'm doing what I'm doing with my life. And who was the uh, musician that uh, we're listening to? It's Lauren Daigle. Lauren Daigle. Okay. Right. So into the questions. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you're going to enjoy this. This is, I think it's <laughs> Nina's first time on radio. so. She's not nervous. She's All she's got to do is remember to get close to that microphone, not get too far away because it's always very hard your first time. Now, you, you mentioned a little bit about your childhood. Mm-hmm. Now, in a short – well, tell us a little bit about yourself. No one out there who is listening to that knows Nina, so tell us a bit. Are you a local person? I'm not. Well, tell us a little um, bit of history and – so we have paid a picture of yourself. Okay, so I um, I'm 32. I'm from a little peninsula up north called the Wirral, which is just over the River Mersey from Liverpool, or just down the road from Chester. So it depends on whether you're posh or not. Um, choose which town you want to be associated with. So yeah, I'm from up there. I moved down to Milton Keynes in 2012 for work after university um, to work for an organisation called World Vision, which I still work at for half of my week, um, and then I work for St Mark's the other half. And how long have you been in Milton Keynes for? Since 2012. 2012. Um, so it's coming up to eight years. Yeah. It's a long time. It is. 
And what have you got anything special about Milton Keynes that you enjoy? Well, yes, now, but I have to admit, when I first moved here, I remember having an interview at World Vision and being on the train on the way home on the phone to my mum. She asked me how it had gone, and I said, oh, I think it went well. They'll prob- I think they'll probably offer me the job, but there's no way I'm moving to Milton Keynes. Um, and, of course, I did, and I hated it for about a year. And then I joined St. Mark's Church, uh, which is where I work now, and just... I think a place is as good as the people that you know. And I know some amazing people in Milton Keynes. Um, so now I love it. And it's, it's not just because of them, um, but they are a big part of, of what I love about it. Okay. And you're mentioning that you're working for another organisation. When did you start getting yourself involved in community-type work? Well, I, I think it was in 2015, as a church, we decided to start running a project called Make Lunch. And for the first year, it was run by my good friend, Vicky, who did an amazing job of getting that off the ground in um, in Milton Keynes. And after a year, I took over it, um, took over the running of that project from her. So that was 2016. And it was really because as a church, we we wanted to respond to this to the then statistic that one in five children okay. um, lived in poverty. Yeah, we'll, and that we'll, was, come, we'll come to that one we'll in a minute. We'll get to that. <laughs> just to, just to, in, in, in a sense of... so. When you were studying, did you think that you would be in, in the community side of, 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 of a profession or? Um, not in the UK. So yeah. my degree was in humanitarian studies and my mission in life was to, having seen that um, clip on Comic Relief, my mission from the age of 11 was to go and essentially work in Africa. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to work in humanitarian industry, emergency affairs and that kind of work. Yeah. And that was my that was my goal, really. So I sort of fell into local community work by accident, but I love it. So mm-hmm. no regrets. Yeah. But um, yeah, it wasn't the plan. Okay, you mentioned just previously then that that there is a statistical number mm-hmm. that um, you mentioned to me at the mm-hmm. Fed Food Festival. How, how did that number derive? I mean, people might because when we start talking in a bit more detail mm. about the sort of size of the issue, some people might say, well, how did you? De- how was that figure derived? So where, where did this statistical data set come from? Was mm. it, can you give some background on that? Yeah, so um, many of the listeners might have heard of Milton Keynes Community Foundation. They do amazing work with lots of different community groups um, around the city. And in 2004, uh, 15, well, every year they release a report called um, Milton Keynes Vital Signs. And it was in 2015 that they released that initial statistic, or the one that, that was the year that we had heard it, that one in five children in Milton Keynes were living in poverty. They get their statistics from an organization called Chi- uh, End Child Poverty, which is a, a national a piece of research that happens nationally um, and identifies levels of poverty across the UK. Okay, and how do they define poverty here in the UK? Uh, Poverty is defined, well, um, there's two different kinds of poverty, but the poverty that this is talking about is called uh, relative poverty. And the definition is that it's a family living with a household income that's less than 60% the national average. Um, So essentially not enough to survive okay all right so there's some sound basis for those for the data set Mm. and you just extrapolate that out to give a sense of 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 the 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 size of the the problem Mm. that that you've identified yeah in there okay well understanding that you've we talked about what what's the name of the program that you that you're coordinating the program now is um it's called saint mark's meal meals and it's worth me saying that although that statistic in 2000 and 
15 was one in five children. That's been getting progressively worse. Last year, the Vital Signs Report identified that one in four children are living in poverty. And this year, um, the Vital Signs Report was released actually just last week, or this week, actually earlier this week. And the statistic for this year is that almost one in three children are living in poverty in Milton Keynes. It's now 31% in Milton Keynes, which for the first time ever is higher than the national average, which is which is 30% of children. Okay. So the problem is um, getting larger, yeah. not improving. It's not improving, okay. which is very sad. Are, are there any reasons, indicators that, that have been identified that suggest why that's that number's increasing? I think there are a lot of reasons. Um I don't, I think there's a lot of personal reasons for families and different reasons for different families. It's, we can't argue with the fact that the, uh, what do you call it? Universal credit changes to universal credit have had an impact. I don't know enough about it to understand why that is or the reasons behind it. But whether we agree with the universal credit or not, there's no doubt that it has had an effect on families, whether that's the, because of changes in it or waiting times um, for that for those processes to go through. Um, I think that's one thing. The cost of living has certainly gone up. And I actually read today that 40, uh, two thirds of children who are living in poverty are living in working households. Mm -hmm. So most of the children living in poverty are living in households with parents or carers who are working, but they just can't earn enough to support their family. In a, yeah, and that may be consistent across a range of areas in, in England? Yeah. So nationally, it's 30%. Um, and obviously, there are pockets around the country that are better than that, other pockets that are much yes. worse. Okay. All right. So Milton Keynes is below average? Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, 31%, 31% in Milton Keynes. Okay. All right. Well, can you tell tell me then how what is the program, how it operates, what are the various elements of mm. that um, of the uh, program that you're uh, managing? Yeah. So St. Mark's Meals, um, our mission is uh, to get food into the homes of children who may not otherwise get the food and nutrition that they need to thrive. Um, so, of course, not everyone living in poverty is in food poverty, but many children are. And the knock-on effects for them and their education are significant and their health, of course, as well. So we work with children's centres, family centres and primary schools at the moment to store our meals boxes, which contain all the ingredients that you need for an evening meal and a recipe card so that you that's so that families can understand how to prepare that meal. We store them in the schools and the family centres. And then when it becomes apparent to a staff member or a teacher or whoever it is that has contact with those children, that that child is going to go without dinner that day, they can simply send the family home with a box, with a meal that they can take away, prepare themselves. So it's, there's an empowering element to it. Um, and in, of course, the most important thing is to enjoy a meal and go to bed with a full tummy instead of an empty one. So there's a range of people who are involved in identifying, well, let's, let's not say children at risk because it's probably not at risk, but children who are potentially going without nutritional, mm -hmm. we can't say that either, it would be, well, it's basically going without a meal. Essentially, yeah. And how, have they been trained or have, they, have you given them a, a process by which they can identify people who potentially are in that situation? Have you gone to so you, you provide a service here, mm. but have you have you worked closely with those organisations and groups to identify mm. people? Essentially, no, because 
it's those staff members that already have that close relationship with the children. That's one of the things that we love about this model. Actually, we very rarely meet the families that are benefiting from St. Mark's Meals. The schools and the family centres and the children's centres, they already are meeting these families every day. They know the situations. Teachers know the situations of the children that Mm -hmm. that are in their classes. They're used to, you know, a lot of teachers, we've heard stories of teachers that are bringing in food themselves out of their own pocket for children that literally aren't eating apart from when they're at school getting their free school meals so we really trust our partner sites to know um what the needs of the families and children that they're meeting are okay well we might just go to a another track but Mm -hmm. before we go to that i just want to uh reiterate that we're talking to nina who is coordinating i reckon a wonderful program there is a clearly an identified need that need Mm -hmm. is increasing statistically and Nina, are you having to to provide more boxes over the last, say, 12 Mm. months? Yes. So we actually only started the project six months ago. We started in six. We opened initially in six with partner sites. We're now in 14. By the end of next week, we'll be in 17. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's growing fast. And as the word spreads, obviously more um, schools and family centres want to be storing our boxes, which is very exciting for us. Our hope is that eventually we'll be in all of them um, so that we can meet the needs of all the families that need extra help. All right, we'll just go into that a little bit more. We're going to play another track that was identified by Nina. It's by Paolo... Nutini. Nutini, yeah. I love it when people select these great songs and there's a variation on how to actually pronounce their last name, but that's good. And that is Pencil Full of Lead. studio uh, Nina who is the head of St Mark's Meals if you haven't heard of the St Mark's Meals program by the time you have finished listening to this wonderful and very informative and candid I would say interview with Nina you may wish to do a little bit more we'll cover that off towards the latter part of the interview Uh, Nina was mentioning before working class poor and I've travelled a lot overseas and that was a phenomenon that you would normally hear about the United States. It's something that you may not have heard here in England and I think it's worth mentioning again, Nina, that what is it that you're talking about, the families that are receiving these Mm. uh, products, about their their working? Yeah, so I think not always, not everyone, but there is often um, a belief that people who are living in poverty are not working and that's just not true. So the um, statistic that I mentioned earlier is that two thirds of children who are living in poverty are living in households where their parents or carers are working. But for whatever reason, the amount that they're able to earn does just doesn't meet their need. 
yeah, okay, so it's now, very sad. Have, have you been, are any other community organisations working with you or have been engaged with you at all about this program? Yeah, we work in partnership with a few different agencies. So Food Bank being one of those, they're obviously doing something really similar. Um, their focus is not just on children, our focus is, but um, we work with them um, whenever we can. And there's lots of different organisations, obviously funding from Community Foundation and different agencies around the city. But what I love about Milton Keynes is that there are a lot of organisations doing a lot of good work and there's no kind of, it doesn't feel like a competition. You know, we're all working in partnership to achieve the same the same aim. Well, I was also listening uh, recently to a uh, to the BBC. I'll give BBC a plug. They were talking about uh, issues at schools, and they're also talking about issues around about uh, anger management mm. and the association of anger management and children who were hungry. Mm-hmm. Have you had any feedback from the teachers or mm. any other association? Have they seen? I mean. You might be, are you only providing one meal or is this a constant meal that you're providing? We are providing it for as long as it is needed. Um, so whenever we sign up a new partner, we, we, our hope is that the meals are given out as an emergency basis. So it's really, there are the purposes for when a family cannot put dinner on the table that night, they can take one of our boxes. If it happens that they can't put dinner on the table any night, then they can take one every night. The reason that we say that is because for whatever reason that family aren't putting dinner on the table and we don't differentiate between families that are in that situation because of mistakes that they've made or families that are in that situation despite all their best efforts it's never the fault of the child that dinner can't be put on the table so we have the the child at the heart of at the heart of our work so if a child needs to be provided with dinner then we will However, we do say to the schools and partners that we work with, if you are finding that there are families that are using it frequently and perhaps they need some extra support, maybe they would like someone to sit down with them to kind of try and help them to work out what what their barriers are to putting dinner on the table, then either you invite them in to chat with them. But if you don't have the capacity to do that, then let us know and we'll find someone who can. So really hoping that it isn't a long-term, we, we recognise it's not a long-term solution. Our meals aren't going to change people's lives in the long-term, but they can put that meal on the table when a child really needs it. Okay. Well, I think it might be worthwhile having a look at the that issue of anger management. Mm. Uh, I, I was at recently at a workshop. Uh, we're having some people come in on Monday to talk about that. But it appears that f- good nutrition, good healthy lifestyle can be a, 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 a counter mm to poor behaviour or oh. anger and maybe that's a, a an area that you might want to follow up to yeah. see, you know, if you need some support uh, and most community organisations need support, if, that, if, if there is a measurable change mm. in children, maybe talk to the teachers about yeah. that side of things. And there's absolutely no doubt that that is the case. You know, a lot of ch- teachers would, would say themselves, it's that that is how you identify that a children is having problems at home or... Um, has arrived at school with no food. So it's very common. A child that arrives at school with no food in their tummy who haven't eaten since lunchtime the day before, you know, they're, they're sleepy, they can't concentrate, their behavior is off. And it's really this, these are the things that teachers are on the lookout. Teachers do an amazing job at knowing the children that they have in front of them and knowing how to identify when things aren't right. Yeah. It's, it's, um, and you know, I like that because a lot of, uh, dare I say, our political class, demonise teachers in, in oh, every gosh. country in the world. I think they have such However, a hard job. However, teachers now 
are counsellors, carers, mm. first aid officers, educators, mm. and they take on a huge responsibility. I'd like to give a shout out to any teacher that's taken that on the profession and stuck with it. It's a tough, tough profession to be on, and it's like adopting 25 kids, whatever it might be, for nearly five or six hours a day, and then going home and looking after your own kids. So that's mm, quite interesting. Now, it is a good thing. So, Nina, what is your most memorable moment? that you've experienced since you've been coordinating this program? Mm. It's a very ob- I have a very obvious answer to this question. And um, I, of- I don't often get to meet the families or the children that um, benefit from St. Mark's Meal. So it's a real privilege when I do. And this was actually um, a-, a Friday afternoon at the end of July last year, at the end of the school term. And I went into um, a local school. And I sat with a class of children who are the school know live in poverty. The children didn't know that's why they'd been selected, but I knew that's why they were there. And we we did an activity where we drew around one of the children and the children themselves wrote all over this piece of paper, all the things that they thought were important for a child to thrive. And of course, there's things like a school and play and food and drink and sleep and blah, blah, blah. Um, after we'd done that, I asked the children to tell me if they had any stories of times when they hadn't had the things that they themselves had identified as um, things that were important. And the children just started telling me stories that left me actually in tears as I was driving away, stories about passing out because they were so hungry, um, stories about going home and having to provide, dim- you know, a nine, ten-year-olds having to provide um, evening meals for their disabled mother um, and their and their sibling and you know they have the responsibility to do that another child who said that her dad actually loves cooking for the family but on, can only do so for one meal of the day so if they're not at school they skip breakfast and they skip lunch and then they have a meal in the evening and just you know these kids they're they were amazing kids and at the end of it I I gave them a little activity that was a bit cruel and I gave half of them some sweets and then I ran out for the other half. I miss, I didn't really run out, but I told them that I'd run out and I invited the ones who had sweets to eat them and none of them would, which I thought was, I mean, I'm sure if when I was that age, I would would have eaten them, but none of them would eat the sweets and half of them tried to offer their sweets to the side of the table that didn't have any. Um, and that really, you know, amazing kids that just are living in very difficult circumstances um, really brought it to life for me. Okay, a couple of key key things. How can people in Milton Keynes contribute in delivering the program? So any sort of contribution that you might want to talk about? Yeah, always. Um, so there's lots of ways that people can get involved. Of course, we, we've only been running for six months, so we're not especially well-known and we'd love to be more well-known. Um, so one thing that people can do to support us is to go on our website or on Facebook, uh, find us on there, St. Mark's Meals. The website is www.stmarksmk.com forward slash meals um, or find us on Facebook and just share what we're doing with your networks, with your friends, with your family and um, with whoever it is that you know um, and spread the word. Uh, we want people to know about what we're doing. We want people to know more to the point, um, the plight of the child. So that's one thing that you can do. The other thing that we're really hoping to get people involved with is fundraising. So if you or anyone you know are going to be doing a race or a cake sale or a sponsored silence or whatever it is that you're doing and you're looking for a charity to choose to fundraise for, then please do consider us. Um, That's another way that you can help. And of course, if you go to our website, you can either just sign up to our mailing list or you can donate on there as well. Okay. Are there any key messages you would like people to remember from this interview? Yeah, I think um, 
Yes. The thing that I always try to remember is whatever the situation, it's never the fault of the child. So whatever you think about poverty, whatever you believe about poverty, just remember that there is a child at the center of that family who needs help. And that's what we're about. So, you know, keep that, keep the image of that child in your mind. And uh, yeah, I think that that's it. Nina, finally, what is your next challenge? Uh, Growth. So we are growing uh, and we want to grow. Uh, My, our aim is to have uh, to be in f- with 50 partners, 50 schools or children's centers by the end of next August, which is quite a big aim, but we're going for it. Um, so it's just dealing with the challenges of growth, really, but we're excited about that and we're ready for it and ready to take it on. Well, Nina, thank you very much for sharing your information, your thoughts and your music cho- choices, but most importantly, an insight to the program that you run. Mm-hmm. Now, Nina, what is that website again, please? It is, get your pens and papers, www.stmarksmk.com forward slash meals. And Nina, you've done an excellent job first time on radio. Thanks so much. It's been a privilege to have you in the studio. <laughs> now, to play us out, yes. we're going to play a bit of T-Rex. Yeah. I love to boogie. Yeah. Well, we're not going to do it in the studio, unfortunately. We're going to go That's out with a high. Now, why did you pick... I love to boogie, which is um, the only track we actually found of your original three choices. <laughs> yeah. So you've done well. Um, I have picked this song because my best friend up north and I have a little motto in life that we got from Grey's Anatomy, which is half of your problems can be solved with a 30 second dance party. Now, I understand this is not always true, but it is Friday night. So wherever you are, I encourage you to drop your wooden spoon and pick up your air guitar or have a little boogie in the car or whatever it is. And if you're having any problems this week, have a little boogie to this song and I promise you, you're going to feel better at the end of it. Jitterbug boogie, 